0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello and welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Today we are having a hell of a lot of fun with Ellie Smith, who's an absolutely delightful human. I was fortunate enough to meet her a few years ago when she joined my B-School mastermind. B-School is the business program that Marie Forleo offers. It's an online business training program that helps you really bring to life a business that will support your life, uh, a business that comes from the heart and is here to serve people, uh, giving you the tools and resources to either redesign or up-level a business that you already have or to create something completely from scratch uh, using tools and techniques that are available today that will reach more people, um, a broader audience uh, from an online perspective. So Ellie came to this B-School mastermind with a dream, a dream in her heart. She didn't have a business already. She had an inclination for something that she wanted to create and she has jumped in full force full passion and created something really beautiful and wonderful she is as she says a recovering academic Um, she became a yoga teacher by taking a teacher training around the same time that she signed up for b school she wanted to serve her community and the students she was working with in an academic setting in a way that could really support their wellness so she's Just a really interesting and wonderful and funny human. And we're having a great discussion here about how she decided to take a gap year after completing university in England back in 2005 and has ended up spending the last 17 years living in Japan, becoming an assistant professor of cultural studies teaching at the university in Nagoya. Um, She's just really passionate about helping yoga beginners and the yoga curious navigate their way um, through sort of the beginning stages of taking on a yoga practice. And we're here to talk about culture, Japan, England, um, her experience with yoga, what gave her such a heart to serve people uh, in the in the capacity of bringing yoga to them or introducing yogic practices techniques and tools that they might not otherwise have been exposed to or interested in and I think you're going to really love this conversation it made me think a lot about when I first started teaching yoga Mm, like 22 years ago now, Um, life was really different, you know. We didn't have all of these online resources or platforms or possibilities available. Um, Yoga classes were typically passed down from teacher to teacher, you know. If someone decided that they didn't want to teach a class anymore, then you'd look for somebody, a teacher that you knew, or an upcoming teacher who would want to take that class on. Um, You know, everything was pretty much in person at that time. I was driving around trying to teach between private lessons and classes at about four different studios and gyms. I was teaching 17 classes a week at one point, driving like all over the city um, and just, you know, taking on any kind of private lessons, teaching out of people's homes that I, I could. And I mean, it just goes without saying, the landscape has changed so much, so drastically now, where really you can teach private lessons online, you can connect to even teacher trainings online, you can connect to teachers from all over the world, like very... well-trained highly sought after teachers sometimes you can take courses with them online like my inner circle membership is an example of that where students from all over the world from japan from england from the united states from australia all come together and attend classes that i'm offering online it's really wonderful Um, also other places in europe as well there's people, even South Africa actually, people from all over the world come and practice with me every Friday in my Mysore class and they attend conferences, philosophy classes, uh, breathwork classes, um, and chanting classes online with me monthly. And so it allows you so much more freedom to build something really exciting and something that can serve a lot of people. Or even just a very specific group of people a very specific niche or type of person you know you could create any kind of program that's very specialized and reach a much broader audience because of our online accessibility now and the fact that people are searching for things online which really wasn't the case when I first started teaching yoga so Yeah, it made me just kind of contemplate how far things have come in the last 20 years. And I would love to just, you know, help support you in bringing your dream to life, whether it's in little seedling stages or just an inclination in your heart, or whether you already have a business and you want to optimize it or expand it or up-level, recreate, reimagine what is possible in your business. Um, I'm going to suggest that you sign up for this th- free three-day Build Your Dream Business Bootcamp Challenge with Marie Forleo. It's happening this week, February 7th, 8th, and 9th. And it's completely free, completely open to whoever wants to come. There's actually over twenty thousand dollars worth of prizes if you want to join you can be entered to win some amazing things like iPads and um, a trip to New York City and like all kinds of crazy, incredible prizes. Um, We're going to look at how to create your dream business blueprint so that you're creating a business that's helping to serve you and nourish your life rather than you having to burn yourself out working in your business. We're going to learn ways to work less and make more money. Um, and discover how to fast track your success so if you're interested in building a yoga business if that's something that's sitting there in the back of your mind or a coaching business a wellness business if you're a therapist or a healer this is an incredible free three-day challenge that you should definitely definitely take advantage of and if you're interested in joining b-school it is going to open this week on february 9th i would love for you to come in to my mastermind group we have six weeks of in-person coaching on how to build your business looking at resources websites whatever it is that that is coming up for you coaching on mindset coaching on you know blocks that you might be having around I don't know how to price this or um, who is my ideal client? Who do I want to serve? Who are my ideal students? Um, We're doing all kinds of amazing sessions, money mindset sessions, how to, um, you know, have discovery calls or how to invite students into your program, different uh, ideas around that that you will find, I hope, very, very helpful. So all of this is beginning this week. I would love for you to jump in and join you can find all the links in the show notes and also in my Instagram bio and DM me if you have any questions at all if you're curious if you want to um, know more you can always also jump on a call with me I'm happy to connect with you to talk about your ideas for how you want to create either a coaching business or a yoga business whether it's a studio or private classes or your own personal brand or combination of things maybe it's ayurveda maybe it's reiki maybe it's um, maybe your virtual assistant for other wellness entrepreneurs also b-school is an incredible way to um, really learn how to maximize your effectiveness in your online presence so rather than just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks you can really learn the tools the techniques The strategies, the platforms, uh, the conversations that need to happen for you to grow your business in a sustainable way that is going to give you life and give you energy and make you excited to wake up every day, rather than making you feel depleted and exhausted and worn out and feeling like nothing's working. So... That's my talk about B school come into the 3 day dream business boot camp challenge this week. I will see you there. I'm so excited and the B school program is all new this year, which is incredible. Um it's going to be a great experience. There's no time like the present to really really um focus on what it is you want to create and bring to life and start building it now so you have a career that you love and a life that you love as you grow into the future. So, uh, without further ado, here is Ellie Smith. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm Harmony, and I'm here with Rosa Case.
1: Harmony. Uh-oh, what? <laughs> I, um, we have a, a guest today that mm-hmm. I wanted to introduce you to. Uh, it's assistant professor of cultural studies at the university of Nagoya, Nippon. Uh-huh. Uh, and she has come on the show because, uh, last week we interviewed someone. We talked about sens- the very sensitive topic of, of fat shaming. Oh yeah. And so I wanted to have someone come on and talk to us about that. She's going to explain to us how she lost 75 kg. <laughs> so Ellie Smith. That's Hi. quite a lot of weight to lose.
0: Ellie and Bella are <laughs> friends, too. They no. know
1: each other. Yeah, yeah we know each well, other. Well, you would have yeah. been quite <laughs> upset about fat shaming. <laughs> Bella suffered. Yes. And yes, did you, yeah. did, did, did people start, do they make commentary when you lost all that excess baggage?
2: I was congratulated because that excess baggage was not mine to have. That was an X.
1: Oh, <laughs> it was like a, a
2: whole human being. He was a furry a piece of... A, yeah. what, what's
1: that, like eight, 12 stone? It's a furry piece of stone. I don't know if that, what that
2: is. I'm just going to randomly say he was about 10 stone. Um, Good job. Yeah,
1: 10 stone. That sounds about right. 10 <laughs> yeah. mm. yeah, times we'll
2: 60 that, is like 160. Yeah.
0: How That's pretty good. Many
1: pounds <laughs> in Japan.
0: But you've 14. been in Japan for a long mm-hmm. time now. I couldn't believe yes. how long you've been there for.
2: Since 2005, now, yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was quite by accident. That was um, not the intention. It was. Um, it was after I graduated university. Um, I, in 2005, I didn't really know what the next step was going to be. And I had applied to a master's degree that I deferred for a year because um, mm-hmm. I was going to, oh, I'll just go work in Japan for a year. That would be fun. Um, and I guess I'm still on that gap year. Never, <laughs> never went back. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so, Seven, 17 years mm-hmm. later.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
1: I took a yeah. gap year to um I don't I don't know if we have that expression in North America yeah, but I took we do. I took a gap year to South Korea between um uh school okay. and and I I th- I had, I had applied to the jet program cuz I wanted to go to Japan quite badly cuz I heard that Japanese girls were easy <laughs> and I unfortunately was late in my application and that is like that's a, a hard line for the Japanese don't be late yeah. So the Koreans took me, because Korea time is a thing, actually. You can be five <laughs> minutes late in Korea. It's no big, no big problem. So I went to Korea okay. instead. And I, I could have, I sh- maybe I should have. I could have stayed in Korea 16 years for sure. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've, but
1: I was not popular. I had what they call horse face, <laughs> and it was not sexually attractive. Unlike oh. uh, with the okay. Japanese. I've lives.
2: never heard of that. Horse face? Okay. Oh. You were never, never called yet.
1: horse face behind your back in Japan? No. <laughs> oh, see, that already no. sounds like a nicer place to live than where I was.
2: <laughs> no. Um, people often comment on the fact that I have a, a tall nose and a small face. Um, oh, which, that's good. Yeah, it's apparently, yeah. Uh, I've had quite a few people, <laughs> just random, my like elderly ladies on the train, very well-meaning, who just come up and they're like, put their hand on my face. Like a small face. That's oh a small oh, Hello. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Oh, that's that happened so much recently, but in my first couple of years oh. that would happen quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's so oh funny. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Um, that's
1: phenomenal. That's the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> and we've been like two hundred of these episodes. And that's the <laughs> best that's story it. I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. um yeah I mean it's, it was never threatening or anything like that. No, it was it was just sweet and like you know, it's curi- yeah. curiosity, I think. Um yeah. people it's, would come and like, it's touched my hair and mm-hmm. things like
1: that. It's I like really, when your Sanskrit professor took a hold of your boob in Mysore. <laughs> little different, little different. <laughs> and it was he was very sweet and self effacing, no, very kindly very old different, man. Different Everyone came together. to him to learn Poja and <laughs> Extremely <laughs> highly regarded, and he took a good grab, didn't he? Yeah. Oh,
0: goodness. oh goodness!
1: sweet, man. Yeah. sweet tiny man.
0: <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah. I remember yeah. I was in China in two thousand and two, I think, and right. um, and it was it was the same because we were also in like a lot of areas that were pretty remote to tourists, yeah. and so many of the people we were. Meeting had never seen like a, a Caucasian person up close. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah. just like random people would come and like touch my hair and touch mm-hmm. my face yeah. and yeah. touch my yeah. arm yeah. and be yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. you have hairy arms!"
2: And hairy I'm like, "They're not arms. that hairy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I have, I have been asked like, "Don't don't you shave your arms?" And I'm like, "I just mm-hmm. I've never even thought about that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is
0: interesting. I mean, you've been there 17 years. So I'm sure like the world is so different, like now than it was even back in the early 2000s, you know, travels so much more pervasive. And, you know, there's so much more, um, I guess, people (laughs) meeting other people from different cultures. So
2: it's less of a novelty
0: to see white people in, you know, primarily Asian countries and things like that.
2: Yeah, that's true. I was thinking about this the other day because when I first arrived here, um, I, I am in a rural part of, of Japan yeah. where I live. And I think in that those first couple of years, all of the road signs, it was all kanji, all the Japanese characters. Right. Um, so like yeah. one of the first things I had to do was like learn how to recognize my local train station because I wow. didn't know where to get off the train. <laughs> the nah. But now it's... Um, yeah, everything has like a an English translation or or the the Roman alphabet at least written oh. under it, so it's, it's a lot easier to navigate. And then, of course, we've got Google Maps now, so we don't even have to look up from the phone. But yeah, yeah, there are it, it has um, I don't know if improved is the right word, but there there are a lot more. Um, a lot more awareness now I think of of you know there is life outside of Japan and people don't secretly take my photo as much anymore I don't know if that's just because yeah. i old and it's not worth it but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that was a big thing too everyone wanting to take take a picture with me just because it was yeah. like such a novelty to see blonde hair and blue eyes and yeah that's um, yeah. yeah, so strange yeah. but I think yeah like you say is um yeah, it's a testimony probably to how much more pervasive tourism is, right? That yeah. signs would be yeah. in both Japanese and English being sort of uh, probably, the I guess, the most common language of that tourists would sort of have it, have in common. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Certainly made yeah. life a bit easier. <laughs> like, yeah. To to, like, look up, because, I mean, back then we didn't even have um, – Google Translate or anything like that. I didn't have iPhones then, so yeah, right. It was just a, yeah looking at a map and trying to match what I'm seeing in the real life with what's on paper, and then ending up in somewhere completely different to where I'm supposed to be. So wow. yeah, I mean that's just part, part of it. I think but
0: amazing, like better. I bet you that motivated you to learn Japanese pretty fast because you're just so immersed in it. You had no choice but to really dive in
2: yeah yeah um yes yes and no because in my first year i don't think i actually learned all that much because there was in that okay. first year here there was a huge foreign community of teachers um,
1: mm-hmm. and we would
2: get together every week and that that was pretty much all all i'd see the only people i right. really interact with japanese were my students and they're coming to oh, learn yeah. english
1: um
2: right. <laughs> but yeah. then yeah after that first year um I think it was a bit of a wake up call when I went home and everyone was like, oh, so go on, say some Japanese to us. And I could barely introduce myself. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you're nice. mm. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I even knew that at that stage. But yeah. So the um, from that first year, I think, yeah, I started to, um, but not from, but I couldn't, I really struggled learning from textbooks. I got bored very easily yeah. learning from textbooks. Mm. Um, so for me, it was a case of just having the TV on all the time, not even really watching it, but just kind of listening, having it on in the background right. and then act, trying to make mm. Japanese friends who were willing to speak Japanese and not just wanting to practice their English on me, which is fine, but it kind of needed some
0: yeah, and you're like, please, please this be a two-way street. <laughs> right. yeah, I felt yeah. the same way.
1: That if I could use, if I could use a sentence in, in real life, in a real situation where I really needed something, like yeah. more water, then I was not, right. I was never going to lose that sentence ever. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like that sentence, yeah, like that sentence, like that was yeah. stuck, and I could move on to the next phrase and memorize another phrase yeah. by using it. In in the in a real situation,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Because yeah. there's so much riding on it, like getting water at a meal. You know, it like important. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm asking for it. well, I, I've made so. I mean, it's another thing you kind of have to get over as well as like being knowing that you're going to make monumental cock-ups with language. You know, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I have asked for water, and at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and ended up with miso soup. Um, <laughs> so <coughs> can, oh, it's, it's, it's okay, I guess right <laughs> It's like okay I'll compromise. yeah <laughs> yeah, um I, oh God, there's so many faux pas I've made. I've um accidentally told someone that their gorgeous golden retriever is um, ugly um, mm. or you know <laughs> ugly dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have asked a student if she had a one-night stand <laughs> quite by accident. <laughs> it's just, as <laughs> uh, the list goes on, there's all, all of these, yeah, mistakes that you end up making. But that's part, I mean, that's the bit that helps it stick, right? It's like, now it's I know how to story. ask for water and not soup. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: uh, I, someone at a, at a restaurant asked me if I wanted Oud um, de Robinet which is like a you know a carafe of water. And I said, the toilet is fine. I said, the toilet, <laughs> the the toilet, toilet. water is fine. And I said it like that. And everyone roared with laughter because they really felt, I was serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no.
2: no yeah. yeah. Toilet water. Goodness. Yeah. Just <laughs> give
1: me the words up, yeah. That's so okay. funny. My
0: son, our son, Jadaya, he's really into learning Japanese right now. So he has I and on his Duolingo, and he's learning Japanese because yeah. he's—I yeah. don't know—he's
1: okay. obsessed. With he's kind anime of obsessed
0: with anime, and and manga, and yeah. manga, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and parkour—they <Yeah. laughs> all seem to somehow connect together with... <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I was—I was going to ask you, your, your, fa- you think thinking about your long nose and your tiny face. I was thinking that you had you have. If, aristocratic features to my eyes kind of nordic <laughs> you know kind of looking features and i was i was actually astonished when i looked down at your bio and uh, it said that your father was a single man a single man at um man at uh, Penzance railway yeah. station yeah and yeah. uh you know you know I, like our parents are, are working class and you know my dad's a mechanic and but it, it struck me that uh, we shared th- that in common, the three of us, these kind of um, academic or upper middle class uh, ambitions. And so I was struck by that, that you, you kind of grew up, I think, as, on a, as a nearly a, a farm girl in Penzance and, yeah. and became an assistant professor of cultural studies in Japan. I wanted to know more about that that journey. Cause especially if you hate, if you find textbooks, dull. <laughs> that's quite a leap. So, yeah.
2: Well, the farm that I live, lived on, that my, my, my mom is still there is, um, not run by my parents. They aren't farmers. Uh, we just lived on, on the, lived in the house there essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my parents history, Then I guess we should start there is, um, my dad is, was from um, South London and my mum, I guess you say my mum was more from the aristocratic side. Um, she was from, I think she was born in Windsor, I want to say. She's Ooh. gonna, she'll, she'll be listening to this, so she'll, she'll definitely correct me at some point. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was kind of two different extremes. My dad's was Cockney and my mum was... Yeah.
1: Oh, right.
2: Side, she was yeah. a
1: teacher the right so that's side. in in england that's quite upper middle class to start with
2: uh Anything she was a, a auxiliary teacher so she was um worked in a primary school local primary school in in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah uh i i don't know if we would have considered that upper middle class i think my mom would just describe us as, as full-on working class um,
1: right
2: but, um, yeah, I mean, my mum, she, she was the um, auxiliary teacher at a primary school, but then she also worked. I don't remember my mum having a day off. She worked mm. part-time jobs a lot mm. um, all the way through. Um, and Even now she's retired and she's still working at a local gallery. Um, mm. Wow. And she said, she said the other day, she's like, I don't think I could stop, you know, I don't think I'll ever stop working. It's just what I enjoy, what I do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, Dad uh, was—he was a signalman at Penzance train uh, rail station. Um, So we were definitely raised with uh, a quite a strong work ethic, myself and my brothers and sisters. And um, yeah, I think I had—I started part-time work. I think my first part-time job, I was about thirteen, and I got a pound for working the whole day. And I was like, "This is this isn't right." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was doing a favour for um, for my mum's friend, but uh, yeah, I think from the age of about fourteen, fifteen, working part-time, um, going to school, and I think. My parents had quite a, they instilled in this, it's like, whatever you want to do, you've, you've got to kind of contribute to it. You've got to help put yourself through it. <clears throat> so
1: mm-hmm.
2: waitressing for five, six years, saving up those tips was what got me the flight to Japan. Um, mm-hmm. And you're just setting up life in Japan. Um, but... <laughs> I think probably listening to that, my mum would be like, "Yeah," but it was my part-time work that got you through university. <laughs> <So>. mm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, did
1: you did you think that you'd be a teacher, a school a school teacher yourself?
2: Uh, no, I always assumed I'd have my head down a volcano at some point. Because um, my undergrad was <laughs> that geography, long, and earth Would it wouldn't melt right it's... off.
1: I think <laughs>
2: not with oh, like my a... level of common sense. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> a wrong a sort wrong a,
1: volcano. A sort of an uh, Indiana Jones image. In yeah. My sort of skin just sort of sloughing off the bones. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. What was yeah. your undergrad in? Was it geology? Geography and earth sciences was was my. Okay undergrad yeah um physical geography which a lot of my friends um say is coloring in essentially um, <laughs> like, need is <laughs> oh, uh, there was a bit more mm. to it than that yeah yeah um, completely wrong but i was intending on um doing a master's degree and i think it was named like the science of natural hazards or something like that and i was like oh yeah you know
0: that experience- sounds
2: uh, dramatic yeah um and then i came to japan and actually experienced earthquakes here not not major ones at the time that year but um and i was like oh it's actually kind of much more interesting being here and seeing how it's dealt with real time Mm. Uh,
1: culturally speaking how it's dealt with uh
2: yes so just how um Yeah, culturally speaking, I guess, kind of. I think how people just kind of rally together um, Mm -hmm. when something like that. I mean, I was here for the (coughs) big earthquake in 2011 and Mm -hmm. it was just devastating, of course. But what was um, amazing was just how the country just banded together like it was this immediate mm-hmm. sense of complete uh, everybody's unified we're all in this together we're going to get each other through it um uh, it, yeah that that was amazing and and also just logistically like how people like what systems are in place for when something like this happens that big or mm-hmm. small um right. and you know everyone is so prepared here like there is um, drills in place. We have drills at the university every year. <clears throat> we have um, everything's kind of prepared for what what could happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I remember there was um, back in Cornwall. I think once, gosh, I don't remember when, about um, twenty years ago, there was like a really minor earthquake that happened, and it was like national news for a week. And, and people like, we, like, you know, something just went bang. <laughs> and then here mm-hmm. is like, yeah, that happens every day. Wait until the big yeah. one happens and everyone just like falls into line and um, people just get on get on with it and start mm-hmm. helping each other, making sure everyone's okay.
1: Um, what year was it so, yeah you said so the, the big one? 2011, March
2: 2011, I think. Okay, do, do,
1: do, uh, okay. 2010 yeah. I, I remember I went and bought a huge, uh, very expensive earthquake kit when I was I was in San Francisco at the time. I was like, oh, I'm going to go okay. finally get me earthquake kit and get it all kitted out.
2: Yeah. I've only experienced here. Yeah, I think the biggest I've experienced was a level five um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: in, in my direct environment. And the first thing, mm-hmm. first thing I did was look out the window to see where it's coming from absolutely useless in an earthquake yeah um, bad. yeah but then um thankfully the, the ones we've had since then that have been um roughly the same size we because we get on our phones we get emergency warnings that come like 10 seconds right. before of like they've detected it there's one coming Get wow prepared. and that's amazing. Yeah, we've got yeah. Wow. And it, it really helps um, because yeah. now I think it's drilled into me now. Like, op- open a window, open a door, like, so you've got some kind of exit route, and then just fill the bath with water. Um, so oh, got,
1: you will still need that. Um, you've got drinking water. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And then get some, get your shoes because, of course, everyone's shoes are all in the um, entranceway because right, right. yeah. you don't wear shoes inside. So then it's like, get, get a pair of shoes. Um, and it's like, that's all. Really all you've got time for is open something, plug in the bath, turn the water on, get your shoes on, uh, and then yeah. just look out the window and see where it's coming from. I,
1: guess. <laughs> yeah. I bought a wrench to turn the, um, to turn the, um, the gas off as well.
2: Ah, so- uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, turn the gas off. And then I've got in my bag, I've always got like a whistle and um, a solar-powered torch as well. Oh, um fantastic. Just, yeah, well, thankfully never had to use them. Yeah. Um, right. But, yeah, but all of that came from um, the big earthquake in um, Tohok up north. I, I think mm-hmm. before that I was really blasé about, like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, it's fine, just run away. Mm. It's okay. Like, early 20s <laughs> I'll outrun yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm invincible. But, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's, it's interesting, though, because it's one of those things, if you're not raised, like, on a fault line where earthquakes are happening, it's not really yeah. something you think about or you're prepared for. You don't do any drills mm. in school or, you know, anything. So it's not yeah, yeah. really in your you know, repertoire of, of emergency procedures. <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, I guess I'll just well. look out the window. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and then like Russell said, like, cause you are, you know, you're, you're kind of at the mercy of nature and that also does feel uh, incredibly scary, but also incredibly cool at the same time. And it's like, wow, yeah. this, this is, I'm not yeah. invincible.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But tell us yeah, what it was yeah. like like your first few years in Japan and how, like, what,
2: what kept you there? Why did you stay? Oh, it's always a boy. <laughs> Stayed for a boy. <laughs> it's always it. the yeah. wrong thing to do, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, no, I mean, I've the been, first yeah. few years. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it was first few years. It's, I mean, the first year was a lot of fun. It was. It was mm-hmm. just. You know. You're. You're in this place that you can't read. You can't speak. Um. You, you. really just have to rely on yourself and like you lean into the the people around you who aren't people that you'd usually have chosen as friends, but they become mm-hmm. your, your best friends just out of yeah. your necessity as well. But you're
1: all going through the yeah. same
2: thing. Um, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then I think. Uh, then, then you start, after that first year, then you start to kind of notice um, the hidden culture, like the bits that don't quite mm-hmm. match with your own um, values, I guess, and the way that you're, you were raised and, and the culture that you come from. And that, that, that culture shock can be hard, um, mm-hmm. I think, and mm-hmm. kind of ad- adjusting to, I guess, just trying to fit in, trying to assimilate to what's going on around you just to make life a little bit easier. Um, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. I, by then I was in a, a relationship um, with a guy that wasn't the best of relationships. Um, that was, it was a, a, a hard relationship to be in. But again, it was difficult to navigate like, is this his character or is this culture? Like, is this how mm-hmm. people are here or is this just someone who's not all that well or you know not mm-hmm. not right a, a nice right particularly nice person and that that took a few years to figure out and then when I did figure it out and I was like okay no all right <laughs> that's just him <laughs> that's
0: that's right he was. Um, right it was a bit of a cultural miscommunication potentially well
1: actually I think you you said if, I, if you don't mind me saying mm-hmm. I think you said that it, it was abusive
2: yeah so that relationship um not at first it, I, I kind of call it like a slow burn um it yeah. kind of gradually got got worse and worse and then I think mm-hmm. um you're trying to make the best of the situation all the time right I think that's everyone's kind of mm-hmm. default settings like you just try and make the best yeah. of what's going on and you're trying to understand it and trying to learn the language as well right at the same time. yeah I didn't really speak much Japanese and as I always do say like one of the best ways to learn is just to date someone who who speaks yeah. <laughs> language, but that comes with risks as well. So yeah, it was um there was slowly violence was starting to come into that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and and not always directly to me, it was kind of like around me as well. Um and a mm-hmm. lot of control and a lot of um just always kind of being put down and disrespected both privately and, and in public. And I think mm. it took a lot of people around me to start saying, like, he's not a good person. He's not good for you. Like, he's got his right. own things going on. And I think for me, I remember very clearly the moment when I realised this is this is not great is when um, I was actually moving apartments. And mm-hmm. um, the the plan was that he would... Eventually move in with me. And I remember sitting in this apartment with all my boxes around me. Um, sorry, Mother, smoking a cigarette on the balcony. Oh. And it just, edit I just cut
1: out. Not for you.
2: <laughs> she knows. Um, and just yeah. watching the suns, because I had a really good view of the, the mountains. And just mm. watching the sunset behind the mountains and the, the light coming into the apartment through the curtains was absolutely stunning and I just thought to myself like I don't want him here and I can do mm. it was just it felt like it was kind of coming from outside like you can do whatever you want you're not tied to this yeah. person and I just sat down and made a list of all the things that I would do with my life if he wasn't in there if he mm. wasn't in it and and I think 10 days later I phoned him up and was like I'm done I can't I can't do this mm. anymore and I never saw him again. Um, wow. and yeah. I have
1: a a quote here that you said and if I could read it please forgive me if I <laughs> if I've got the wrong fellow. Yoga initially was recommended to me by an ex-boyfriend in 2007 who suggested I try it to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, that was kind him. of a red flag actually. <laughs> Kind of a bit of a red flag, yeah. Like you should I, yeah. Weight. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you, um, you fuck off, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would go back and tell my younger self that's what you should say to him. um mm-hmm. But I, um yeah, I internalized it. I took it because he was often saying like how you know what his ideal woman would be like, and it was everything I'm not. Um, right. small, he, <laughs> and small uh, and short dark Japanese. hair and i'm like well I'm, yeah essentially yes yeah. yeah um so i was always naive i think i was just naive i was in my early 20s and i was trying to impress people please and all of that and just you know saying okay all right well i'm gonna find ways to like lose lose the weight and the weight i was trying to lose i wasn't i wasn't big at that point no. and and i i have curves right and I think yeah. that was what I was trying to get rid of, and it's just impossible. And yeah, so I was, gosh, I was not eating. I was drinking a lot, but I was not eating yeah. all that much in those days. And mm-hmm. I was, um, I mean, I was smoking, so that was like another. Like, oh, that that'll help somehow. Yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was running. I was going running um, almost daily, and then um, he. He had said to me, um, this is amazing how things come full circle as well, because he said, why don't you try yoga? Because um, one of my best friends does yoga, and, you know, she she said it was great for weight loss. So I immediately bought um, a CD by Shiva Ray, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and it was like a 90-minute yeah. advanced yoga program, and I tried that, like, once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that CD is anymore. Yeah, I was like, this is fucking hard. Um, and then I went on to like a bunch of, uh, like those kind of like fitness programs that you could get online at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was just like jumping around my living room, like a complete moron and feeling like a moron (laughs) and yeah, nothing was, nothing was working. And then, um, I, I think around in 2000, around 2007, 2008, I ended up in hospital with uh, pancreatitis. And oh, wow. I had uh, two weeks in hospital, just being kind of drip fed and morphine. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely.
1: Yeah. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah,
1: um, that's pretty serious. They cut uh, me off
0: in foreign, yeah, in a foreign country though. <laughs> that feels scary,
2: especially when you're young. Yeah, yeah, that was that was um, it was quite scary, but the morphine certainly helped there it yeah. um, <laughs> abates yeah. the fear
1: yeah, yeah
2: definitely and because nice. i I'd,
1: yeah.
2: I'd spent two weeks on a drip when i came out i obviously lost quite a lot of weight and i was yeah. down at 45 kilograms um at wow. that point point. and yeah, the doctors thing. had me on a, a program to you know put the weight back on in a way mm-hmm. that supports your pancreas and he would made this comment of this is perfect how you are now is, is great and I was just like um how I am yeah. now was like kind of close yeah. close to not being here anymore close um, to death. yeah um, and I think that that for me was was the red flag um, mm-hmm. and I mean I'm still in that relationship for another year or two after that wow. um, but it was kind of like, that was the trigger where I was like yeah i that's just not me that's not I cannot be that person that shape and that's that's when i started to realize like i'm not i'm far more than how i look and if that's Mm -hmm. not enough for you and and you need to find ways to control that then i'm not the person for you and Mm -hmm. then just slowly like and the yoga because he'd recommended yoga i mean eventually i did start getting back into yoga um and that it was his recommendation that got me out of the relationship because it was the yoga that was helping Mm -hmm. me to see like you're okay as you are you you, you don't need to be mm. anything other than what you are and and actually the the friend that he was talking about she's a, a local mm. teacher and we've reconnected and so oh, that's cool. how it's kind of all come back full circle it's like mm-hmm. now now we're friends <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know where Amazing. he is
1: but
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah it was it was a tough five years um but it wasn't all doom and gloom there was a lot of um a lot of fun was had in those five years, with or without him. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a, a good, uh, yeah, a, a lot was learned, I think. And yeah. Yeah, lots of red flags, uh, deal breakers, <laughs> I think, <laughs> <laughs> kind of come into your horizon there. But, yeah, it was, um, mm-hmm. so there's Sometimes you have to go through those. Yeah, that's 75 kilograms Like
1: yeah, you so lost. Quite a lot of weight to lose.
0: Sometimes you have to go yeah. through those experiences. I mean, to really have that lesson sink in of like, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to try to change myself for someone else. Yeah. yeah. Right. You kind of want
1: to you be cherished for who you are.
0: Yeah. But yeah. sometimes I think yeah. until you are in a, a, a situation or a relationship where that really isn't happening and it really hits home. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow, this is abusive. Yeah. This is unhealthy. This is somebody who doesn't even like me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let yeah. alone yeah. love me.
1: Right. Yes. You
2: don't,
0: yeah. you don't have the contrast almost in a way. And, and I think too, especially like as a young woman, often that's like a reflection of how you feel about yourself sometimes, right? Like, like often we don't really like ourselves because we're growing up in a culture with a lot of, you know, pressures maybe to act a certain way, to look a certain way, to be a certain way and feeling very much like we're not, none of those things, right? We're not perfect and we're not, you know, a supermodel or whatever. And so, we're also trying to like not love ourselves. <laughs> We're trying to love ourselves, yeah. but we don't know how, right? And so exactly,
2: yeah, exactly. You're yeah. trying to kind of check all the boxes of you know this is how you you should be to be accepted as a, a as um a lovable person. And yeah. no matter how many boxes you check, you're you're never going to be good enough. And exactly. so you kind, of, you kind of have to make your own checklist. I think of like, well, this this is yeah. who when I'm it's the um. Uh, I can't remember where I read it. It's the rocking chair technique, where you imagine yourself as a 90-year-old in a rocking chair, yeah. and like looking back on life, and it's like, who was I, and what yeah. were my, you know, what did I leave on this earth? And it's like yeah. that checklist that he had for me is nowhere near who who I would want to be looking back at 90 years yeah. old. Like I don't want to be like, yeah, I was down at 45 kilograms, and I managed to maintain it. You know, unhealthily. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what? Like, like I'd, yeah. I'd rather be the shape, size I am now, eating all the sugar and not really worrying about getting into marriage as an AD because I've right. never been able to get into it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, just yeah. be, being someone who is um, at first kind and, mm-hmm. and, um, trying to, uh, find ways to bridge the gap between me and the person in front of me. We're different, but can't we, instead of judge that, can't we be curious about it and like, kind of, I don't know, shake hands across that, that gap. And, you know, mm. that that's more of who I'd want to be instead of, you know, spend time in this, um, deep dark hole worrying about well should I have that extra slice of pizza because that might add on a kilogram here or there it's just not worth it it's not worth it and then there's so much more fun to be had when you're in a completely different culture as well and you you then start to realize like um this is a culture where I can actually enjoy myself I can have fun yeah it's going to be really tough sometimes but that's what it's all about and I think it um, might sound a bit cliche now, but it was Brene Brown that says, "You know, you don't you learn to belong, not to fit in." And I think mm-hmm. that's that's been the lesson here is like finding h- how I belong as me, um, regardless of what other people around me think. And they're going to think a lot because this is Japan, and I'm not Japanese. And yeah, I was going to say a lot of like <laughs> like. A lot of a lot of judgment does come your way, but I can still find a way to belong in in, in who I am and carve out my little corner here. Um, mm-hmm. instead of always trying to fit in, because I'm never gonna fit in. I'm never gonna be accepted as as, you know, someone who fits into this culture. And that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine.
1: That's so interesting because that, that was also my whole experience of living in England as I was just really struggling <laughs> mm-hmm. with the whole The whole, um, that exact concept of fitting in and not feeling like I belonged and then feeling like the person I was there for was exceedingly humiliated and embarrassed of everything that I did or said.
2: Right, And I thought, well, I think I really need,
1: need to be with someone who cherishes me and isn't embarrassed of me.
2: Right, Um, Yeah.
1: And then, but I also knew in my heart I was trying too hard. I was really very yeah. much a tryhard, trying to fit in, and end, uh, ended up, you know, making every 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 decision came out badly. You know, where it looked like I was right. just showing off. You know, it's it's. I,
2: well, you end up losing yourself at some point, don't you? Kind of yeah. Up, like who am I? <laughs> like who is yeah. this person? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've had um, a couple of American friends say the same thing about living in the UK of like, it was really hard to make friends who genuinely accepted them for who they are. It was always seen as as kind of different. And I, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I I get it. I I think we could Mm -hmm. be like that, (laughs) (laughs) especially from Cornwall, the Cornish. Yeah, we do that too. Definitely. And also
1: the, the people from Essex in particular.
0: Um, <laughs> it's interesting though, that clan I, I, mentality, right? Which I yeah. think is a little bit like uh, you would find also in Japan because it's an Island and it's very yeah. like, um, same with England. It's an Island. It's That's very like, I, cut yeah. off. Yeah. From I was like... going to
1: say that I was wondering if geography actually yeah. has a lot to do with the mentality of the people. And I, as a, as a, right. as mm-hmm. a mainlander, the people of, of England and people of Japan seem to have a lot more in common than they do with me as, as, as an American or, or a Harmony, as a Canadian. <laughs> it's there's, definitely, the
2: yeah, there's definitely overlaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, Japan, I think it's, it's only been open to, um, outsiders for a yeah. uh, um, couple hundred years, less than, I think, um, Uh, England only since 1945 yes we just went everywhere else and stuck flags
1: yeah yeah Yeah, no one's allowed back in
2: yeah 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 yeah. but um yeah I think geography does have a a big part and like even within the, the country too like um You've got your, your rice fields on the mountains, your terraced rice fields here, and that will have an impact on, on um, how the communities work together. Um, because it's like, well, city life, I would say here, is um, more, uh, what's the word, reminiscent of home life i think there's city cities here tend to be a little bit more open and aware of of aware sounds a bit rude but um a little bit more kind of open to other cultures yes yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. country life here is still very much kind of like "Hmm?" right what's that yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that's exactly the same uh, in england
2: Yes, yeah, I was just about to say. I think England still has that kind of... Yeah,
1: walking around Chelmsford, Is like, what's that? I was like... (laughs) "Mm."
2: Sounds funny. Sounds funny. (laughs) Mm.
1: Dr. Smith... No, not yet. I wonder if you could tell us, just what what are cultural studies?
2: (laughs) No, don't ask me that. Um, I don't know... I, I basically, I tell my students it's the study of everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The life, uh, the universe and everything. Mm. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. The answer is 42. Um, it it's, is. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm still trying to work out the answer to that because I think it's, it's one of these fields that draws, draws from other fields, right? It draws from psychology. Mm-hmm. It draws from art. It draws from gender studies. It draws from, pretty much everything else. Um and and therefore it's constantly changing. So it's it's kinda hard to define what is well for me, if there's any other cultural studies professors out there, please let me know how you define it because for me it's just like it's (laughs) the study of everything and everything's always changing. So what we're gonna do is just each week we're gonna put on a different pair of glasses and, and look through the look at the world through the lens of gender studies or the lens of postmodern mm. theory or the lens of, um, uh, um, see, now I've forgotten what I've also included on the syllabus, but um, psychoanalytic theory and things like that. Oh, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I'm Get also teaching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also teaching to students whose who's first language is is japanese or something else before it is english and so Mm -hmm. i can't go too deep into it which is a good thing because i don't really know myself enough um to to go too deep um but it's it's kind of blended with with like giving very kind of basic definitions of something and then having the students like analyze what they can see in their environment using Mm -hmm. um these things. So we we watch a lot of Lady Gaga music videos and like what she's trying to represent yeah, here and nice. things like that. That's
1: so <laughs> Fabulous.
2: Um, so it was funny because the university like yeah we want you to teach cultural studies and I said to my um, my coordinator I was like um, what exactly do you want me to teach and she was like anything we don't really know. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. <laughs> anything uh, related to culture? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pretty much. That's, yeah.
1: To me, that, that feels like that's what I do with Jediah, our son. Is mm. I teach him yeah. cultural studies. <laughs>
2: True. And right. anything
1: that we yeah. see, I try and I, I try and uh, deconstruct it. Actually, right. about yeah. Yeah. What, is it, what is it? What is it? What is the intent? What is the sign? You know, what yeah. is the what is the inherent hypocrisy of the thing that we're looking at? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like parenting. That's what you do. You're just-
2: <laughs> yeah. And we
0: always just like to have a conversation about like the difference between culture and cult though. Right. Because. Uh, oh, yeah, we're in yeah. The,
1: the, yeah. When you're
0: so bought into the culture, it can become like the cult, cultish, Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cult-ish.
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To to that point I think it's extremely yeah. interesting is when I lived in Korea and when I lived in Taiwan the the notions that I was kind of presented with especially in Korea which is probably the seat of confucianism in in the world mm. is this notion that kongja nim or or confucius is something that children should learn so they mm. learn to obey they learn order they learn to um, be good students out in the world. At a, mm. at a certain point in their lives, they must learn nim, uh, I, which is to say, Taoism. Uh, mm. They have to learn how to explode and break out of these categories to become mm. human beings, and it's something that mm. old people do. And you have to. Oh, you have to. Okay go through this process of life to understand how to be a free uh, living creature of the world. And that, that struck me as, um, as something else that you said, and to quote you again, uh, in the past, it was through pranayama and meditation that I got these very brief glimpses of something I don't mm. think English has the words to describe. It's not bliss, but it's better than that. It's not nothingness because it's far from empty. And and the kind of Zen phrase came to me of suchness. Mm. You know, there's a kind Mm. of sense of suchness. And Mm. that's the kind of, like Zen is that, again, that kind of thing that that comes to us after years of oppressive Confucianism. (laughs) Of being held in a shtanga box for 30 years. And then you can start to, flower and experience you know liberation
2: yes yeah yeah liberate i was about to say liberation yeah and it's it's liberation it's not like a complete reckless sense of freedom but it's like um you've got a certain measure or you're aware that you have a certain measure of self-control and you know you control what's happening um it in in these moments and you, you've set—I don't know if this is making any sense—but you've set some kind of boundaries of like this is this is what's okay, this is what's not okay, and then you can just kind of exist there. I don't know if that sounds really esoteric and kind of difficult to re-
1: no. relate
2: to, but like, and it's—I think I had these moments, like very, very short, two or three second moments that happen probably like once every gosh five years. Of like, yeah. yes, suchness. Of like, yeah. this is what it's all about. Like, this is complete acceptance, and I'm not out of mm. control. I'm I'm completely within awareness. Uh, like mm. I know where I am and who I am and what I'm doing and, and what's going on. But I'm also completely free. Um, mm. and, and then and, and then reality comes back in. It's like yeah, but I'm also yes. Yeah. You know, stuck in some kind of pose and now I've got the giggles because I can't get myself out of it and I'm home alone <laughs> giggling and looking like a turtle but yeah. It, suchness yeah I think I, I can re- relate to that I think um yeah I'm just yeah for a language teacher I'm not being particularly articulate about it it's, it's difficult for me to describe um
1: well how can you describe something that is indescribable Yes. yeah
2: it's beyond yeah. beyond language like yeah. you said yeah. right? there's if it, not really yeah. any words for
1: it if it could be held yeah. by a word it wouldn't be that
2: it wouldn't be mm-hmm. that yeah yeah exactly mm. yeah and yeah and that that kind of like not being able to describe something has has happened you know in these situations of that like those couple of seconds of whatever that is mm. and also yeah. coming out of of that um that relationship that we talked about earlier of um a lot of people will say like okay you need to go to therapy you need to go to therapy you need to talk about this and it's like I don't have the words to articulate what all of that was about I don't I don't I can't I can't talk about it I don't know how to I don't know where to start or what to say and it's like that same level Mm. of like I don't there are no words (laughs) sometimes Mm. and that's just where the yoga comes in I think and just works its Mm. magic um yeah it's the
0: the somatic therapy
2: of yeah
0: of feeling yeah. and releasing and you don't have to like yeah. know where that feeling came from you don't have to even yeah. name that yeah. feeling you can just experience it be with it and watch it arise watch it pass away and then it's yeah gone and yes yeah, gone right? it's h- such a great release
2: that, yeah 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 it is mm-hmm. it is it's it just and I remember this. Um, I think it was our last session in B school. You did the um, visualiz- visualization <laughs> um, <laughs> exercise with us. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, you had us kind of visualize where, like, in a place, and like you hand yourself a present, and and you get yeah, like some kind of message my, sent like a to yourself. You. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the message. Oh, that, I mean, that whole session that we had has just stuck with me um oh, amazing. because the, the message that I got was uh live lightly essentially and I think that like that describes those moments kind of like it's it you just get mm-hmm. to be a bit lighter um yeah. beautiful and yeah and 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 then SpongeBob made an appearance. Yes, brilliant. Yeah.
1: Can you talk more about that relationship the two of you have? You you met in something called a, a bee school, so I, I imagine you had like a, the little yeah. puffer spray in the hat, and you'd you'd harvest probably Bees. every every season the kind of yeah
0: well yeah sequester yeah. of honey ellie was yeah. in my mm. bee school mm. mastermind a couple years ago and yeah. that was August. sort of the beginning uh, yeah of a whole new
1: so the queen bee is a kind of mastermind <laughs> of bee school <laughs>
0: yeah marie Yeah. oh the bee. queen bee <laughs> yeah but it yeah. was the beginning of like really a new path for you that's just blossomed yeah. and is incredible. Yeah. Tell tell us about what what you created and how it's continued to
2: grow and evolve. Oh, still creating, yeah. Um, still well, creating, yeah. Oh yeah, B school came. So that was <laughs> August 2021, and I think that was like we were mid pandemic. I mean, well, we're still pandemic here, yeah. so who knows what the mid is at the <laughs> yeah. stage, but. um, <laughs> It, w- it was at the time when I think everyone was having that kind of, like, reassessment yeah. Of, yeah. of life. And, uh, yeah, I was going through the, the same thing because um, I, I think was realizing that academia just... I love teaching. I love my students here. Um, but this whole world of academia, it's, it's not for me. Um, well, I don't <laughs> even know what cultural studies is, and yet I teach it. So that's probably a big... <laughs> sign that that's a tell. it's not for me mm, yeah it's a tell, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> um but i think yeah i was just going through a reassessment um and just mm-hmm. the way that uh the pandemic had kind of unfolded here um work life was also another kind of realization like this isn't this isn't quite working out for me and i um we have uh Students here are, are really struggling, I think um, with um, depression and anxiety, and it's it's alarmingly getting getting worse um, mm-hmm. so I was kind of um, thinking like, well, I can't really do much in class I can't step outside of my role and I wouldn't want to step outside my role as you know, educator there because I'm mm-hmm. highly unqualified to do anything beyond that highly unqualified to do that some might argue but
1: um
2: it was kind of like using that to just kind of reassess like what is it that i do want to do um Mm -hmm. and i honestly had no idea and i was like i want it to be something to do with yoga and then b school you were talking about b school on instagram and i was like i've always had this kind of glamorous idea of having my own business um Mm -hmm. at some point and never really knowing how to go about it and yeah, so I think I I spent a, quite a while umming and airing, like, well, should I, shouldn't I? It's quite a big investment, and I don't have a business. I don't know what I want to do. I don't, uh, I? and then just pressed the yes button, and then I told my <laughs> I spent spent a lot of money, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he was supportive, and yeah. So then it was um, through B school and just being with. I think at that stage, such. Oh, really cool group of people who were further along in their ideas than than I was. Um, Most of us anyway. I think people had a fairly concrete idea in that group of what they wanted to do. And it was just really nice to be with like-minded people who were just so kind and supportive. And, you know, nothing that you said was daft Uh, not you I mean nothing that I said was daft or taken as daft like nothing was any kind of question was okay and going through b-school was intense I mean that was that was a a six-week roller coaster um but but you have it for life right and I've been going back through it and back through it back through it so many times but then um that really helped me to kind of understand yeah okay i do want to do something with yoga i do want it to do with beginners yoga because i think that's quite an under underserved community Mm -hmm. um underserved group of people is um like really like the yoga curious or the yoga apprehensive people Mm -hmm. um and then um and also I'm not much further on myself so I can't really do anything <laughs> more than that but uh, and yeah and doing it online because I do want to essentially at, at some point be location independent if possible yeah um because yeah. I've spent 10 years commuting long distances to work as well yeah. um so yeah now it's just um I've spent the last year building a website and I think looking back I would have yeah. paid someone to do it now <laughs> <laughs> it's not done yet. But it's getting there. You can always um, remodel later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, well, Harmony and I are both yoga apprehensive ourselves,
2: <laughs> right?
1: And, and so, how would how would we get it approach? How would we
0: work with Ellie? Uh, yeah,
1: how could we approach doing something that we're apprehensive about?
0: Well, first, you had this idea to teach. Um, like to help Japanese students learn Mm. English through yoga, right? Oh, that's nice. And then it's kind of like developed into a much bigger vision.
2: Yeah. So um, I did put together a a short in-person course about um, yoga and English. And yeah, I think that's something I would probably think about further down the line Um, because that, that course was, it was fun, but I think it could be a hell of a lot better than I had actually made it. Um, and I think I, was, I spent a lot of time trying to marry like, what I do now with what like, te- how does yoga fit into that. And I was trying to fit mm-hmm. teaching English into that. Um, right. And then I was starting to look at it and think, well, the people who are asking me about yoga, the people who've, who've either tried it once or twice and been put off, by it for one reason or another, um, and and that speaks to what Bella was saying about you know teachers have been kind of um rude to to yes. some of the people talking to me about it about you know their their level of flexibility or their size and irrelevant things, and um, mm-hmm. um and then yeah just lots of people were like how do you get started like what's it about like what 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 is it about yoga that's worked for you and. And then I was bringing like aspects of it into my classes here at the university, um, mm-hmm. because I had I had a couple of students. We do a lot of presentations here um, in my classes because I can't think of anything better to do. For one thing, um, <laughs> we do a lot a lot of presenting, and they get extremely nervous before presenting oh. or before any kind of like standing mm. up in front of people and talking. Um, So Wonderful. we started to bring in kind of like breathing techniques into that because mm-hmm. oh. um, a lot of the students are like, we know. Like, I had a student who said, "Like, I, I, I can label everything that's happening to me. Like, I can feel my heart is racing. I can feel like my I've just lost. I'm, I'm hallucinating essentially, and I'm doesn't matter how." Because I was just say, like, "Oh, just practice, practice, practice." He's like, "It doesn't matter how much I've practiced. I know this presentation off my heart, but when I stand up in front of my peers, everything goes." And I was like, "Well, why don't we try?" Um, I think we've tried just really simple breathing techniques, like even just like pre pranayama stuff yeah. preparation mm. and like bringing that in to teaching yoga to beginners as well. Because I think yoga for public speaking could be a, a thing, I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. absolutely, like, it could be totally the asana, the pranayama, all of that can kind of really help prepare people for standing up in front of a group of people and speaking with their actual authentic voice and not like Mm -hmm. really fast and really high pitched and just hoping it's going to be over (laughs) in in 10 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: um,
2: So I think that's kind of the, that's where I'm going to be able to marry what I've been doing the last 17 years with, with, with yoga. Um, But for now it's, it's more just, um, figuring out how things go business-wise um using yeah. beginners uh yoga for beginners um as a niche because that that just tends to be what people are asking me about like beginner yogas yoga beginner yogas yeah beginner yoga practitioners are uh, people who are coming to me at the moment that's a great so place what, to start I want to yeah. I want to yeah. work with
1: the beginner yogas. <laughs> yeah,
2: the beginner
0: yogas. <laughs> the beginner yogas. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's amazing. It's so yeah. good.
1: It sounds like a real like a true dharma actually that mm-hmm. you know you've 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 identified where in your life you can you can um, combine different facets of yourself. Mm. It's really s- synchronistic is and, what it sounds like. Mm. And
0: also really give people this is what I love is like give people the skills and the tools that mm. they can use to really yeah. improve their life in a in yeah. a really
1: immediate.
0: practical, immediate, mm. tangible way.
2: Mm. And mm. I think
0: sometimes that gets a bit lost. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. when people are chasing enlightenment or liberation or yeah. the you know ineffable experience. But yeah. this is like something really important. Actually, it's important to yeah. maybe your work, your future, your health, your nervous yeah. system, and yeah. and just giving those tools to really support people. And I mean that can change someone's life.
2: Uh, well, like, oh, oh, wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, totally. I think also just like that when I really sat down and thought about it. Um, which was out of the six weeks of of B school, like yeah, I had to had to kind of and once it was over, like sit down and really go deep into like who is my ICA, and mm-hmm. um, part of it was like well, after that relationship, like I said earlier, like I didn't know how to express myself. I, I spent so long just not saying things for fear of of repercussions, but. Then I was—I found myself kind of like, oh, I don't, really don't know how to like, talk to people and, like, meeting new people was hell. And being able to... I agree. Um, <laughs> oh. Just to... I, always, I think I always just came across as that kind of, like, really... I mean, maybe even still now, but, like, cheesy and awkward and, like, that that person of, like, hi, how are you? And I said, it's really nice to meet you. Please be my friend kind of
1: <laughs> person.
2: <laughs> um, and, like, the... Yoga has kind of helped ease that. So just yeah, bringing that bra- that into it because that's how it worked for me. Because I'm not giving presentations myself, but then that would also work for my students because they are, or anyone who's doing any kind of public speaking. Yeah. As well, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But right now, it's just, I'm just focusing on beginners. If Beautiful. if you don't
1: mind me interrupting, I. I barely pay any attention at all to what Harmony does in a professional life. What is an ICA?
2: <laughs> ideal customer avatar.
1: F- what?
0: It's, it's your ideal, your ideal it's, customer, your ideal client or your ideal student. Why do you student. say avatar?
1: Yeah. These are real people. <laughs> well,
0: it's like Lulu Lemon's ideal customer avatar is like a 33 <laughs> year old woman, I think.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. a real person. Yeah.
0: yeah. They have a name and a job and a, a family potentially depending yeah. on their age.
1: Yeah. Sometimes mm. they're
0: divorced. Mm. Sometimes they're remarried.
1: Mm. Yeah. I did uh, that once for my mom's company, actually. I know what you mean. I thought that was, like, I, I didn't, I've never heard the word avatar used, but it was like an, the ideal client or something right. like that. Yeah. Like we either had um, a 55 50, 55 year old Karen mm-hmm. who drives a Volvo and is the hospital recruiter in, um, you know, uh, uh, Wilmington, Vermont, right? Or you've got, um, uh, you know, Doctor Doctor Jiang who is a thirty three year old with with three kids who drives a Mercedes and like those. I think I know we're trying him. To marry too. those two. <laughs> we try to marry those two together and that's that's the job that's why we have urology right. recruiters is to put those two people together that yeah that makes yeah. it an avatar those two yeah. people are avatars yeah. karen yeah. and he dr kim
0: avatar yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Wow. just like
0: the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's an ICA I so wonky yes.
1: an ICA that's like it's what, what kind of word is that when you, when you have an your, acronym, it's the inside
0: oh, the terminology in, yeah, of the, your, the, of yeah. your, of yeah. your um,
1: culture. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, one beautiful thing about being a past B school or B school mm. student is we get to do the dream business boot camp challenge coming yeah. up yes. this week. February you, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, and uh, and then also, B School is all new this year. So yeah, I Marie's saw that. gone yeah, in yeah. and, yeah, refurbished, re recorded, all new fun sheets, all new videos. Nice. And you get, because you have B School for Life, you get the new content.
2: All of it, yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. God knows so I've been back we get in get to that. go through it all again. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's definitely yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm so thankful that it is for life because those six weeks were fantastic, but I, I need, I've spent, I've spent a lot. the last year and a half going back and back and back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a that's lot. Amazing. It's yeah. It's really good that, it also, that the, you know, you've got lifetime access and also lifetime access to the, everything that's updated mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be going back yeah. in. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Me too. I I mean, I think it's so good, especially like when you are building, Mm. you know, a a business or a yoga class or Mm. any kind of offer, you know, a workshop or retreat. Yeah. It's helpful to kind of go in and revisit some of the lessons in there and create a bit of clarity around it and, you know, refocus sort of, who is this for? What am I trying to help people with, you know, what do do I want their experience to be inside of this class or this program or, you know, it's, it's just helps to, yeah, really focus the mind and grow your business in a way that's intentional rather than by Uh, default or by mistake. Yeah. 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 I think, uh,
2: Yeah. yeah. For me, it's like, um, every yoga class that I do, like I, one of the teachers I followed, online i I mean i can take her classes again and again and you hear new cues each time right and like oh that's what i'm supposed to be doing and it's the same it was the same with b-school like going back into the classes and like re-going through everything numerous times you've always got new stuff coming in and like oh that's how i'm supposed to do it that clicks now okay um Mm. so yeah yeah it's it was it's a lot it's a lot of work, yeah, but it's a hell of a lot of fun too. Like getting to be this creative, and I had never put the words business and creative together yeah. until B school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and <laughs> it was. It's true, yeah. though. It is a
0: very creative process, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I hate to
1: say process in Canada.
0: Process, process. process. I don't know.
1: You're picking. Are you not picking that up from me? Are you? <laughs> it's terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get to yeah. I mean it's like all the writing and even just like
1: yeah, yeah.
0: envisioning what you want your website to look like and yeah. creating it and bringing it to life yeah
2: I love that. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I was initially kind of like holding back be- before signing up because I was like, well, I don't know anything. I haven't got a business. I'm I'm not even a yoga. I wasn't certified at that point. I'd been practicing for several years. Yeah, but um, mm. And I, I would say, like, I'm quite glad I didn't let that hold me back um, because, mm. yeah, even like knowing nothing and not having anything, I think even just joining and investing in it or investing in it definitely <laughs> propels you to do something. But yeah. it was, yeah, just having that guidance and having a group of people who were so lovely and it really meant a lot at that time in life as well to have like that really nice pocket of the internet. Yeah. Um, who were like really supportive because like some of us, some of us were right at the beginning and had no idea what to do. Yeah. And some of us were like two steps ahead and some of us were 10 steps ahead. And then there's you mentoring us mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it was just, it was fantastic. And I'm really grateful that that was there at that time as well.
1: I think. What was the, the trigger for you signing up? Cause that seems like quite a big leap to
2: make. <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, so I might get emotional at this part, but um, my my dad passed away uh, in April of 2020, um, right when Japan had just, well, right when the whole world had decided to kind of stop any kind of international travel. Um, And Japan, unfortunately, kind of kept that for a few years. And uh I think that for me was a, a kind of a, a catalyst, the reassessment there. Cause um I when that happened, of course, that was right at the beginning of the semester and right when our university or every university was trying to decide do we go in person or do we go online? And I think the very next day um our university said, Okay, we're going online. And it was mad panic of uh, okay we've got to get everything ready we've got to do it and this is where we learn that Japan is not actually as technically advanced as we might think and people were kind of struggling to use Zoom and struggling to use learning management systems and students don't have access to computers at home, they don't know how to use a computer for a lot of them Um, and Mm -hmm. I think I had basically then spent the next three to six months just ignoring the fact that this thing this horrible thing had happened at home and I had just Mm, focused mm -hmm. on um, getting through the semester and getting the students through the semester Mm, and I think at the end of that semester I, I just I remember saying to my brother like I sat down on the couch and it felt like someone had just handed me this really heavy load of not just dad dying but I'd lost a best friend several years beforehand and you know, all of that relationship stuff that it just all mm. just came landing in my lap. And I was like, I have, something has to change. Like I can't be working like this and not dealing with, with these things. And something mm. has to change. And And I want to be working on my own terms. I want to have my own um, time process things um I want to I want to be able to you know I need a bit of control I guess um in life because it felt like everything was just kind of I was losing control um and Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I think really what was the catalyst for me joining b-school was like I mean it kind of came at the right time it's like hey you can have this life and it's like oh could I <laughs> okay mm. really <laughs> yeah All right then. <laughs> Is it possible? Yeah. um yeah mm. and yeah and it's just um yeah it's 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 been it's been hard work but it's been definitely worth it I think um yeah. mm. just taking that because yeah I think that that was kind of a, a big realization for me of like I'm I'm not dealing with things and I'm mm-hmm. possibly blaming outside influences, and I actually just need to deal with it myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've got I've got yoga. I've I did end up in therapy, I yeah. think, at one point, and then um, just started to kind of like claw back some control. And you know, hopefully, doing yeah. proud along the process along the way mm. as well. For sure, yeah. Because yeah, mm. he'd be the first nice. person to be like, "Just do it." You never know what's going to happen. Like, you can always hear him yeah. in my ear, just being, "Ah, you never yeah. know." Like, just do it. Go for it. So yeah, yeah. Go so for nice. It. Went Aww. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: beautiful. Aww. So beautiful.
1: Oh, it's lovely, yeah,
0: And it's nice to build a dream. It's nice to like yeah. work on your own thing and be creating something for your future, too. So like yeah. you say, you know, if you want to leave Japan at some point, yeah you have this other business that you've right. created for yourself that you can take anywhere in the world. yeah, and that's yeah,
2: yeah. it's something um, that's yours, right. And it's something you can leave behind as well, I think, yeah. like' it's some kind of yeah. I think I've struggled here with teaching. I f- find myself struggling with like, am I actually really making an impact? Cause you never really know. Um, because for a lot of students, it is just getting to that next level to to get into corporate Japan. But I think, yeah, this, this would be something like I could, you know, possibly, if it works out, leave behind as well. And just like, yeah, have, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, it, it feels worth it it feels um like this is the right thing to be doing i think as well so yeah yeah don't let not having anything hold you back i think yeah, it started
0: like a whole snowball for you. I yeah. remember you were like, I'm signing up for a teacher training and I'm yeah. gonna teach
2: yoga. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. wow, you're doing everything all at once. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> I did it all at once. Yeah, I think that that was but that teacher training also was fantastic. I got really lucky to yes. using them. And then from there doing other trainings um with some really fantastic teachers as well. And then yeah, um, I think yeah it has it's just it's just snowballed it, it has been a, a lot of a lot of work but it's not been like laborious work it's I mean it's had its moments but it's been it's been a hell of a lot of fun is all I can really say and that could be my epitaph at the end I love it so, a hell of a yeah. lot of fun a hell of a lot of fun yeah <laughs> beautiful I think,
0: yeah well we're gonna we're gonna put your website in the show notes but you can tell
2: everyone what it is here so they can go look oh it it's highly imaginatively it's just elliesmithyoga.com it's not completely Perfect. finished yet um it's it's, <laughs> it's a work in progress yeah. um yeah, yeah. but it, hopefully over the next few years it's going to grow into something much more than it already is um And yeah, just come come say hi on my Instagram as well. Also, Ellie Smith Yoga because I've got no imagination. Um, No, it's good. It's easy to remember. You know, you remember clarity,
0: (laughs) clarity over.
2: Cuteness or something. Yeah, clarity over. over cleverness. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Cleverness. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try and be so, clever. Good which... job. <laughs> Just be clear. Don't it's be clever. Me <laughs> and yoga. Yeah.
0: Think, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure you're going to get some some looky loos, some new followers, and
1: likey looky. Welcome. Welcome.
0: Yeah, likey lookies. <laughs> Goodness. And thank you so much for just meeting with us and being on our podcast and talking about your experience. Yeah, my pleasure. This was all
2: through yoga. Yeah, no, thank you for having me.
0: This, yeah, to like an in depth cultural studies uh, (laughs)
2: lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I might get someone being like, that is not what cultural studies is about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, thank you for yeah. having me. This is this has been a lot, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, yeah, hell was, of a lot was, of fun. That's really good. <laughs> I, th- I think we have a title there. You know, <laughs> a hell of a lot of
0: fun with Alice. <laughs> You're a hell of a delight. Oh, oh yeah. I
2: like it. Mm. Thank you.
0: Just a quick reminder before you go: to be sure to sign up for the build your dream business boot camp challenge happening this week, February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Get the link in the show notes. You can get the link in my Instagram bio on my website. Come on into the challenge. It's going to change your life. I am sure of it. It's incredible. Marie's energy is credible. She's an awesome coach, an Awesome business a guide, an incredible heart-centered entrepreneur who's built a conscious, sustainable business that just is creating so much good in the world. You know, donating to so many amazing causes and bringing really, really incredible resources and guests onto Marie TV and into her program to help support her students, her clients in attaining their success and creating the life and business that they love. So come on in. It's happening this week. B-School Doors are opening February 9th. I would love for you to join me inside my mastermind. There's also a ton of bonuses happening, um, you know, private groups, some workshops, uh, half day retreat, all good stuff, incredible, incredible bonuses just for you. Um, it is so worth it and it is so much fun. So I hope to see you either inside the B-School program or, you know, just give it a try. Join this Dream Business Bootcamp Challenge this week and, uh, see how it goes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony with me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a heart